The Bible has something to say about the difference between men and women, and this is something that is hotly debated in today's culture. And in this series, we're taking a look at what God's Word has to say about this difference between manhood and womanhood. Today, we're in our third and final lesson in the series, and we're going to talk about the five marks of mature masculinity. But let's start with a definition. Biblical manhood is the divine calling to take primary responsibility for protection, provision, and servant leadership. Yes, that's right. The Bible says that men should step up and be men and take ownership of their responsibility to protect, provide for, and to be a leader in their workplace, in their church, in their home, and in the world. Now, I don't mean to say that women can't provide or protect or lead, but I want to talk to men in particular. In fact, I want to talk to young men. Dads, I hope you'll sit down and talk about this lesson with your young men because God does not want us to sit by passively. God wants us to step up and be a man. So let's talk about five marks of mature masculinity, and we're adapting this from John Piper's book, What's the Difference? I'll put a link to it below. Here's the first mark. Mature masculinity doesn't initiate every action, but it feels the responsibility to provide a general pattern of initiative. We see this, of course, in the perfect example of Jesus himself. John chapter 6, it says, Jesus soon saw a huge crowd of people coming to look for him. He turned to his disciple Philip and he asked, hey, where can we buy bread to feed all these people? And it says there that he was testing Philip for he already knew what he was going to do. I love the example that Jesus gives us of leadership. He wasn't bossy. He wasn't forcing himself on people all the time. This example in John chapter 6 is a perfect one because it shows that he involved his disciples. He didn't do everything for them. In fact, he only led them for three years and then he left them and he put them in charge of his church. That's a perfect example of leadership feeling the responsibility for the initiative, even though you don't have to make every single decision. Here's the second mark. Mature masculinity does not assume the authority of Christ over others, but it advocates for it. Remember, men, your authority is derivative. It doesn't come from you. It comes from Jesus himself. So you always have to point people to Jesus. We see this in Ephesians 1. It says, now he is far above any ruler or authority or power or leader or anything else, not only in this world, but also in the world to come. God has put all things under the authority of Christ and has made him head over all things. The last thing we need is more men in the church who are arrogant and pushing themselves on other people as if it's all about them. Men, the responsibility that you have in your world to lead is about leading people to Christ. It's not about usurping his authority in anyone's life. Here's the third mark. Mature masculinity grows out of love, not out of self-assertion. We see this in Philippians chapter 2, verse 3. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. This means we need to check our motives when we step up to the plate to lead. Too many men have given men a bad name because they're leading out of a desire to assert themselves. They're leading from a place of insecurity rather than being secure in who you are in Christ and the calling that he's put on your life to take some ownership and responsibility in your world. 
And when you look at it this way, the way Jesus wants you to look at it, then you're motivated by love for others. You're not motivated by some selfish interest. And that leads to the fourth mark. Mature masculinity expresses itself not in the demand to be served, but in the strength to serve others. Let's go back to that Philippians passage. It says in verse five, you must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of the quality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. It's crazy to think that the God of the universe condescended to us. He left the comforts of heaven and he took on flesh to come and be like us and experience life like us. And the best leaders in our world, the best leaders in our churches and in our homes have that same attitude. They have an attitude of a servant leader. This is exactly the attitude that Jesus had. Because the fifth mark is that mature masculinity recognizes that the call to leadership is a call to sacrifice. Let's finish off Paul's thought in Philippians 2, verse 7 and 8. It says, when Jesus appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Biblical manhood always ends up in the same place, on the altar of sacrifice. Author John Piper said it like this, it is a call to risk getting egg on our faces, to pray as we've never prayed before, to be constantly in the word, and to be ready to lay down our lives the way Christ did if that is necessary. Real masculinity looks nothing like the way our world paints it today. Being a man isn't about being selfish or self-absorbed. Being a man is about providing for and protecting and being a servant to the people in your world that God has called you to lead. So men, don't sit back anymore. Step up. Be a man like Jesus was. Find more on the difference between manhood and womanhood online at pursuegod.org forward slash anthropology.